express our love for someone by giving them a gift, don't we? Especially at Christmas time. Isn't that why we brave the bustle of Prince's Street or do that, that kind of insane thing of scrolling through page after page after page after page on Amazon.com just looking for that right gift uh, to buy for our loved ones. And when it comes to saying, I love you, with a gift, we know that a selection box and a pair of socks from Costco just won't cut it, right? Okay, you have a couple of shopping days left. Uh, Some of you are like, oh no! (laughs) Now everybody knows though that the best gifts are given out of love, not out of obligation. It's not, oh there, I've done it. It's, I cannot wait to see the look on, on her face when she opens this. That kind of excitement, that's what's behind its love. Now, gifts don't need to be very extravagant uh, to be a wow gift. Uh, Last year, uh, a couple of the students that we look after, uh, we're their host family, uh, bought me some hair gel for Christmas, and I thought, these guys really care. (laughs) It was lovely. But sometimes, sometimes an extravagant gift uh, a costly gift, a valuable gift, the right gift, given a, given a gift that's a wow gift. Yeah, that's special. That's very special. Well, tonight I want to tell you all about the greatest gift ever. A gift that tops the lots. Uh, the giver of the gift is God himself. The giving of this gift was an expression of his love. And compared to everything else in the world, this is the definitive wow gift. Now we read about this gift that God gave the world that first Christmas time in the Bible and I want to read to you a verse from one of the four gospels, the gospel of John. Uh, It's one of the historical accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, John wrote down for us something that Jesus himself said with his own mouth. This is what he said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, what in that little sentence do we learn about God's love and the wow gift he gives at Christmas time, uh, just from those few words? What do we learn? Well, four quick things for you. The first thing that makes God's gift a wow gift is that it's given to people who didn't really deserve it. And that's a surprising thing for us. Now, Jesus tells us that God so loved the world. And when he says loved the world, he's not talking about the planet. He's talking about the people in it. And it's not just that God loved the world. It's big love. It's emphatic love. It's God so loved the world. And that's what's behind the giving of gifts this Christmas. It's his example. God loves us so much that he gave. Isn't that a great thing? It's a great thing to be loved. We all enjoy that very much so. Now, most people think, upon hearing that they're loved, think, well, if I am loved, I must therefore be lovely. Imagine a husband and a wife so in love. The husband might turn around to her and say, my dear wife, your eyes are like twinkling stars. Your hair is like a tumbling waterfall. You're mocking me. <laughs> your, 
you smell like a gingerbread latte on a winter breeze. I love you. That's often, isn't it? That's often the way we express our love is we find something lovely in the person we're giving our love to. Now, that's what you might think when you hear that God loves the world. He sees something unattractive in us and therefore rewards us and blesses us. It's that which makes him loves us. But actually, God tells us in the Bible that we actually need to have a bit more of a humble estimation of ourselves. Because we're not that lovely in his sight. You see, we don't deserve the gift that he gives because we have rejected him, rebelled against him in our world. It's been the story of the to and froing of God and his people in the world for a long, long time, and it's the effects of sin in our hearts, of forgetting God and preferring ourselves. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a bad person. I don't steal. I've never been anything evil like a murderer or a dentist. Well, that's, that's good. Okay, I'm glad. But uh, we often think that it's decency that's the thing that's going to make us right with God. But that's, God tells us in his word, the Bible, that that's not the case. Now, let me explain what makes us unlovely in God's eyes by this illustration. There are two men looking for a flat. They're called John and Craig. And John and Craig, in looking in the paper, stumble across this this, this advert, which just seems too good to be true. There is a residence in Murrayfield. It's up on the hill. It's got a great view over the city. It has 27 reception rooms, 300 bedrooms. You get the message? It's a palace, okay? It is epic. It is huge. They think it must be a mistake, therefore I'm going to phone up and find out what's going on because the advert says it's only £10 a month rent. So sure enough, they phone up, and it's not a joke. There is a wealthy man who wants to rent out this palatial house to people who are worthy of it. And he says, here's what I want you to do. It's 10 pounds a month, right enough, but here's what I want you to do. Let's just keep in touch. You send me your rent, I'm gonna, we're going to exchange emails, we'll keep in touch, and so on. That's all that we need to do. Look after the place for me. Great. The first guy, John, moving in, takes the top floor, and he was a bit of a party animal. And in no time at all, he had trashed the place, having his friends over all the time. No one really cared about the place. It was a mess. Uh, Craig, on the other hand, well, he was a nice middle-class boy, brought up well. You know, he was polite, said please and thank you. All right? Okay? Uh, he wore pajamas. Uh, ironed pajamas. Uh, he, he was a tidy boy. He polished the ornaments, all these things. He looked after the place, right? not like John. Well, a year later, when the owner came to visit, a surprising thing happened. He evicted them both. Now, people were not really surprised about John because they thought, well, he's trashed the place already. What's, you know, we expected him to be in trouble. But, but Craig, well, he was such a nice boy. You know, he just, he wore iron pajamas and polished things. You know, he kept the place nice and tidy. What well, the owner of the house says, well, it doesn't matter how neatly turned out he was. I know John and Craig behaved very differently as they lived in my place, but they treated me exactly the same. Actually, in all this time, they haven't kept in touch. They have forgotten all about me and the deal that we had. 
Now that is the kind, an illustration of the kind of thing that we do that makes us unlovely in God's sight. Some of us can trash our lives. There's so much damage. We know there's consequences to our behavior. Others think that we're so neatly turned out, so well brought up. We think that God might just be proud to have us in the world and we might have a, a wee chance of getting into heaven when we die. But indifference towards God makes us unlove, as unlovely as outright rejection of him and rebellion against him. But here's the surprising thing about this, that amazingly kind thing about God's love, that he chooses to love us even while we're unlovely. He chooses to love us so much and send his gift into the world even when we didn't deserve it. That would be like the romantic husband saying, my dear wife, you look like such a mess. Your hair is so greasy. Your nose is running all down your face. And your breath smells like Parmesan. I love you. Now you might think, what is up with that? Well, God doesn't just say, I love you. In your unloveliness, he says, I'm going to love you forever. That is amazing. That is a surprising thing about this amazing love. And the fact that God loves an unlovely world enough to give a gift like we're going to find out in a second is the first thing that makes his gift a wow gift. What about the second thing? The second thing that makes God's gift a wow gift is really the sheer value of the gift that's given. What is the most precious thing that you have? What if you lost it would would just tear you apart. You would be gutted by it. What is it that you love and treasure most in the world? We tend not to give away the thing that we love and treasure most in the world, do we? We keep that. We hold on to it. The preciousness of that thing or that item or that person even is what makes us keep hold of it. But the gift that God gives us at Christmas time was the most precious thing to him, his son, his one and only son, as the verse says. Now, at Christmas time, we mark his birth, the time when the Son of God, Jesus Christ, left behind the joys and privileges of heaven, the worship of angels, and came into this world. But leaving heaven for the lowly manger was not the big sacrifice, though it was sacrificial. It was what he came to do. It was what he was given to do. You see, this baby boy was sent into this world on a rescue mission. He was born to die. And that's what makes the giving of this gift so sacrificial. The one laid in a wooden manger at his birth would one day be nailed to a wooden cross in his death. And during his life, Jesus would give explanation for his death so that we knew and understood what it was all about. He was going to die in the place of sinful people so that instead of receiving God's judgment for sin, they would receive God's grace, his favor, his kindness, even though they didn't deserve it. And even though they could never, ever repay. You see, our rejection of God merits judgment. But when he sends his son to die in our place, he takes the punishment we deserve. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? I have heard some people push back on this a little bit and say, actually, I don't want anyone to die for me. I'm a pretty independent person. I want to figure this out on my own. And I think we as humanity in general, with the advances that we are making, the, the increasing morality that we're seeing in our life and our society, we can do this. 
Well, I don't see what the problem is with someone putting their life on the line for you. It's not an uncommon concept. It's everywhere, even in our movies. Take the movie Frozen, for example. Elsa, about to be killed by Prince ha- evil Prince Hans. Does she die? Does Elsa die? No. No. Who jumps in and saves the day? Who takes the hit for her, the blade for her? Anna, is how you say it. Anna. Or the Jungle Book, one for the oldies. Baloo the bear takes one on the chin for Mowgli. They thought he was dead. And Bagheera, the old panther, says, Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. He nicked that from the Bible. Jesus said it first, but it's true. We, the, the idea of someone dying in our place for us is a precious, precious thing. You see, like Elsa, like Mowgli, we face certain death not just the expiration of life, but an eternity away from God if we die in our sins. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us in our place, plunging himself into death so that we, if we believe in him, might live. That's the second reason why God's gift is a wow gift. What about the third thing? The third thing that makes God's gift a wow gift is the breadth of the offer. Now, normally, if we give that really special gift, we only really give it to one person. We give the valuable, extravagant gifts to those that we love the most. We give our loved ones the expensive jewelry or, you know, the things that you would just normally never buy for each other in July. Well, everyone else in the world gets Terry's chocolate orange or pre-marked pajamas, you know, or, or... The thing that you got that you didn't like, but rewrapped. Being careful that you didn't give it to the same person who gave it to you. Am I the only one? (laughs) I feel guilty. Now, anyway, I've never heard anyone offering such a valuable gift, though, to everybody. Look at the breadth of this offer. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever believes in him, God's gift is offered to everyone. Do you realize what this means? It means that to everyone who thinks, well, actually, I don't mind the idea of God at all. I'd quite like to entertain it. But I just think I've strayed too far. I've sinned too much for God to ever accept me. He says to you today, whoever, it includes you, whoever we are, whatever culture we come from, rich or poor, agnostic or atheistic, however horrible or hypocritical, however hidden or obvious our sins have been, we are offered the love of God in Jesus Christ. But you need to accept this gift. Unwrap it for yourself by turning from sin and believing in him. Because Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, believing is how we receive this wow gift at Christmas time. The fourth and final thing. The thing that makes God's gift a wow gift is that it it is saving. It is actually exactly what we need. Uh, Sadly, some presents are very well intended, but are actually pretty useless. Um, It's all very kind, but not actually what you need. The good news of Christmas time is that God's gift is exactly what we need. Jesus says that without him, our sins are held against us if you like, credited to our own accounts. But if we believe in him, our sins are forgiven. 
Because when he died on the cross, our sins are taken from our account and transferred to his account. And the sinless righteousness, the perfect life that he lived, can you believe it? Is transferred from his account to our account. So that when God looks upon us, it's just as if we'd never sinned. Can you believe that? It is amazing. And Jesus says, without him, we will perish. We'll face an eternity away from God. And that is not good. But if we believe in him, we receive this gift of life, eternal life, forever happiness in his presence, singing his praises all the time. Some people think this is too good to be true. Some people actually think it is like Aesop's fables. But what we've read to you tonight is, is an historical account. And you can research these things and dig around, around the reliability of the Bible for yourselves. I'm very, very confident that you will find these documents to be trustworthy and reliable. The question is whether or not you believe them. It's no fairy tale, though. But in the salvation of Jesus Christ at Christmas time, in the wow gift that God gives, we find that the happy ending that we long for is no fairy tale. It's dead on, it's true, and it's found through faith in Jesus Christ. So what can you do? Well, maybe some of you have been coming along for a while and you, you believe it for yourself. And you're ready to pray. Well, you can believe in him right now. You can talk to God in prayer, tell him you're sorry for your sin. Tell him you're thankful that he loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son. And tell him you want to receive this gift of love by believing in Jesus. Maybe you're not at that stage, that's fine. Uh, if you have questions, please dignify those. Uh, ask questions. Find out more. Uh, you can do it in various ways. Why not ask the person who brought you? Ask them to explain this a little bit more for you. Uh, maybe you'd like to speak to someone who actually works at the church. Well, you can fill in one of these Christmas Connect cards that we've got. There should be one within arm's reach in the pew in front of you. You can fill in your details, hand it to one of the stewards, and they will be glad to get in touch with you and answer any questions that you may have. We also run a series of uh, evenings where we look at um, a set of studies and a couple of courses, free courses. Uh, one's called Glad You Asked, which basically looks at some of the stumbling blocks that people have uh, to, uh, like, why does God allow suffering and evil uh, in the world? Um, is the Bible reliable? We, we have a course that looks at that. There's one starting shortly. We also run a Christianity Explored course, which basically walks you through one of these historical accounts of the book of Mark and opens it up for us to see if, whether or not it's true. Uh, or you can join us any Sunday you like. We're here at 11 o'clock and 6.30 every week. But my encouragement for you is to go away and take away your, these little sheets that we printed off for you. They have reminders of the readings that, that, that have been read tonight. And in the red box on the last page, a little summary of what I've been talking about tonight. A reminder for us of this great verse, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Why don't you read it on Christmas morning? Why don't you, re why don't you read it before you open the presents? Or if the kids are super excited... Uh, read it afterwards. Read it. It's good stuff. My encouragement in closing is to unwrap this wow gift that God has given to us, this world, and undeserving people. I'm going to pray because I'm finished, and that